This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Equity Minds! I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I am joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm good, Bryce. I am very excited for today's episode. We have a lot to talk about. We're talking tech stocks. We're talking crypto uh, we're talking SPACs. We're talking all of the super hyped asset classes of 2021. That's it. So much to get through. So just a reminder before we get started, Ren, that uh, the Equity Mates Awards are still open. We're still looking for nominations. The, this is the last few days that nominations will be open. Uh, and we're giving the Equity Mates community the opportunity to uh, call out, highlight, reward some of the uh, best experts and CEOs and community members uh, from 2021. So there will be a link in our show notes. There's a link on our Instagram page as well uh, to submit your nominations. We're looking for expert of the year based on content that any of our podcasts in the network have done. We're looking for CEO, business leader of the year uh, based on any of the podcast's content. We're looking for community member of the year, those that have really added value and demonstrated the equity mate spirit in our community groups. And we're also looking for ETF of the year and for platform of the year. So there's been plenty of nominations coming in. We're sifting through all of them at the moment. And it's great to walk down memory lane with some of the amazing stuff that has happened this year. Uh, finalists will be announced later this week for next week and then we're going to be doing a, a an awards ceremony uh, of the week commencing 13th of December. We're really excited for it, so please do uh, share with us your thoughts uh, on those topics. One more piece of housekeeping very quickly. If you didn't see our stories, we want to sponsor your local sports team. Social sports team. Social sports team. The team, you know, we're all for the retail investor here uh, and similarly we're for the uh, retail sports player the <laughs> the that no other sponsor will go near we want to uh we want to shout you guys some jerseys and, and cover we want to shout you guys some jerseys and cover your red joe so head to our instagram stories um and check it out there yeah there's a form for you to submit we want to help you uh, and your teammates kick some real and investing goals so um yeah we're looking for some uh, amazing social social teams to sponsor, but Ren, let's kick kick into it. Five uh, topics to get through today, and uh, let's start with the growth stocks because um, if you're in an index, uh, if you're in the Nasdaq index, you you might be somewhat fooled by what's actually going on in the growth stock landscape. Yeah, a bubble has burst. Yeah, and just no one is really noticing it because the index is just driven by. The Fang, or the what is it now? The Fan Mag, Mag. stocks. Yeah. But I'm going to say Fan Mag plus 
TN. Tesla Netflix. No. No, Tesla uh, NVIDIA. NVIDIA. NVIDIA yeah. is now an $800 billion company and it it's is... It's had a phenomenal yeah, year. Yeah. Phenomenal year. So if you look at the chart of the NASDAQ 100, it's been a great 2021. It has... You have gone up almost 30%, 29% year to date. Like that is a cracking year. That mm. is a year that is unlikely to be repeated. Mm. But look under the hood and tech stocks are getting pummeled at the moment. Yeah, they are. <laughs> so from all-time highs, just some of the notable names, Peloton down 75%. Uh, <laughs> you don't, you're going to have to say slammed a lot here. <laughs> Zoom down 60%. Square down almost 30%. Spotify down almost 30%. Shopify down 12%. Twilio down over 40%. Oof. Teladoc down 66%. Roku down 45%. Coinbase down 27%. Did I say Uber already? You didn't, but you can say it. Uber down 33%. Tech stocks are getting slammed. Tech stocks are getting <laughs> slammed. And if you're uh, holding any of Kathy Wood's in uh, ETFs, her ARK is the, the uh, primary one, A-R-K-K is the ticker. Uh, of those stocks that you read out, Ren, I think almost all of them are um, top holdings. You'd be in a world of trouble. It's really interesting. A lot of those companies, Roku, Coinbase, Square, Spotify, Twilio, have all been spoken about on the show by you know a lot of our growth uh, fund managers who have come on. So I wonder what they're feeling about it. You know, are they taking this opportunity to buy into the stock? I'm sure it's not changing their thesis on the stock, but yeah, it'd be interesting to know what their approach is here. And I think the important thing is it's not just unprofitable tech stocks like a lot of it is unprofitable tech stocks but paypal down 40 percent bang yeah bang (laughs) (laughs) i imagine they would be pretty disappointed the growth managers Mm. yeah but well their performances yeah I, i was trying to find a nasdaq 100 chart and then a NASDAQ 100 chart X, those yep. FanMag plus TN that are on the NASDAQ. Some are obviously listed on the New York Stock Exchange. I couldn't find it, but I think that would be a pretty telling chart because it feels like it's a tale of two markets in, in the tech world at the moment. There's sort of eight companies that can't put a foot wrong and then there's everyone else. In some way, there's a bit of a defense. Yeah, it, being in um, these, these indexes like... As you said, these these companies have been absolutely pumped, but due to the weighting of these top eight companies, you're really barely feeling it in in some instances. And it's obviously showing that the market believe that the valuations and future prospects of these top eight are much more realistic than the valuations than that the market were putting on a lot of these sort of second tier tech companies: the Pelotons, the Zooms, the Etsy's, the Pinterests. You know, all these Etsy's up. Etsy's up, yeah, yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's a pl- plenty of... Also, um, Coinbase has come back incredibly strongly. It was down, uh, but crypto, baby. <laughs> Crypto's baby. Un- Crypto's undefeated. Well, we, we are going to talk about crypto uh, a bit later on. So I found a tweet from earlier this year that sort of sums up some of these companies and just how different 2020 and 2021 has been. Now, this this is, this is was from May 2021. Um, right. The 2021 returns have obviously changed but it tells the story it tells the story enough that i didn't want to do my own research and get year-to-date <laughs> returns so do not try this at home. <laughs> all right 2020 tesla up 743 percent 2021 down 18 percent i think that's changed but peloton 2020 up 434 percent 
2021, down 39%. Now down 75%. Yeah. Zoom, 2020, 396% up. 2021, 10% down. Square, up 250% in 2020, down 8%. But more than that, now down 30% in 2021. So that a lot of these companies are companies that have had incredible 2020s. Mm. Uh, they did very well during the pandemic. But God, it is a sea of red out there. Mm. So the thing is, even if you look at this and go, okay, great, all these amazing companies, well, all these companies, up to you if you think they're amazing or not, are, uh, have taken s- uh, pretty hefty haircuts. You know, if you were to anticipate that over time they do get back to their all-time highs, you're looking at some pretty significant growth from where a lot of these companies are now. Yeah. However, if you're... Well, if, if a company falls 50%, they have to go up 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... If you then take the approach, all right, well, I'm going to buy buy into the index to realize this growth over a period of time, it doesn't feel like that's the right approach because you're going to need the top eight companies to also pump out significant growth to even feel some of this bottom end stuff. Does that make sense? Like uh, buying into the NASDAQ 100 because of the top weighting, even if Pinterest goes up 100%, even if Zoom hits 100%, if you're in the NASDAQ 100, you're barely going to feel it. Well, yeah, yeah, but that's not new news. Like I know that, that I know, was the same just, in like 1990. Yeah, but I'm and, just trying to spell it out for someone at home who oh, might okay. see this as being okay. Well, now's the time to buy NDQ. You yeah, know, you know, you're not, you're not. You, what you're really buying into is 70 percent weighting of the top eight companies. Well, I don't think it's quite 70 percent, but it's God, it lot. might get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's basically just a super concentrated. Uh, big tech ETF now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's tech, not, that hasn't been a bad bet. <laughs> exactly, it hasn't been a bad bet. And the the just unbelievable thing is that the the returns that these big companies are getting just doesn't seem to slow down. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I think the market's obviously looking at these top eight and going, they're there for a reason. People can still justify it. Feels like a lot of experts we talk to can justify the multiples that these companies are pumping out. And and their you know their future prospects. Yeah, well, I mean, like some of the multiples aren't even that crazy. Microsoft is trading on a thirty-seven PA. It's not nuts. It's just the fact that they're two and a half trillion dollars. But like thirty-seven is pretty two and a half trillion. Pretty okay. Yeah, it's crazy. Interesting. What's going on? I'm sure uh, a lot of people in the community who are in the arc and those sorts of things might be hurting a little. But. Um, yeah, pretty fascinating to see the dominance of these top eight. Yeah, so uh, in case you missed it, uh, there is a bubble bursting. It might feel like nothing can ever go down, but I think the headline is these second-tier tech plays. And second-tier isn't meant to be derogatory. It is just if you're not Apple, Microsoft yeah. or, you know. We don't have time for you. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> I have. I actually have a lot of time for you, but... You're just you are second tier. Yeah, there's a bubble bursting. I guess the question is why is the bubble bursting? Valuations, inflation, yeah. risk of interest rates, all of that stuff. Like this is how the market is supposed to function when inflation concerns are high. People worry that interest rates will go up. They worry that will affect growth stocks that especially unprofitable growth stocks that need to borrow money and they reduce their valuation. And also, uh, if we're getting very technical, the discount rate in a DCF will go up with uh, if interest rates go up because uh, the risk-free rate is going up and relative returns in the bond market um, are changing. 
and that will drag down the present value of future earnings for mm. tech companies. Mm. So this is how the market is meant to function. When interest rates go up, high-flying, unprofitable tech companies should come off. It's just the speed and the extent to which they've come off, it's surprising. Like Peloton being off 75% hurts. But in some ways it, it, make, it reassures me that not everything goes up all the time. Because well, yes. we're about to talk about crypto. <laughs> well, yeah, let's do it. Let's keep moving. So uh, we spoke about last week uh, on last Monday's chat, we did a, a bit of a deep dive or an introductory deep dive on Web3 yeah. and tried to get our head around what's going on. And Well, um, no, the episode was you convincing me about Web3 and you obviously did a pretty good job because in the last week we're now, we're now in Web3. We're now, <laughs> we're, now officially, in Web3, baby. we're now officially members of a DAO. A DAO and if you haven't, uh, if you have joined us for the first time, uh, welcome to Equity Mates. It's great to have you on board. For the next five minutes, you might have no idea what we're talking about. So go back and listen to the Web3 uh, episode on Monday because, yes, Ren, uh, we are now officially part of the Web3 community. We are in a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization. And, God, it was tough to get in. Oh. <laughs> it, oh, in the last episode, I was talking about how Web3 is going to be incredibly technical and I think there will be a Web4 that makes it easier for mums and dads to participate. The last week has only convinced me more that is the oh my case. God, it was crazy. To get into this DAO, which we heard about from someone we were speaking to called Klima. Yeah, let's pause there. So Klima is essentially a DAO that is, uh, they say they're driving climate action by essentially buying carbon credits. The idea that they have is to buy as as a serious amount of carbon credits over a period of time to the point where they have so many that they will force companies to buy credits off them um, to offset and the price of their credits are going to be more expensive than markets. Now, plenty going on there. We kind of just got into it because we wanted to get into a DAO and we thought it's, this I, seems reasonable. I like the idea of idea increasing the good. cost of polluting. Yeah. Like if, if companies have to buy credits and we're, these, these guys are adding buying pressure to that market, I like that idea. Yeah. But I also like the fact that it was paying 38,000% interest. Yeah, so there's a thing called an APY annual payment yield or something like that and it currently is paying 39196 <laughs> It's stupid. Anyway, um, so we got in. It basically means you're doubling your money every day. Well, that's what they say but then in the fine print I think it's 8% for a five-day ROI. So we're in. And oh, we'll- you only earn 8% a week. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one and a half percent every eight hours or something. Anyway, Jeez. we'll we'll come we'll come back next week with an update on actually did that transpire? It, it's going to get arbitraged away so quickly. Mark Cuban was tweeting about it. It was incredibly difficult to get in. I think that's the main thing that I want to call out. Um, the process to get into this DAO involved, I think. F- four different crypto platforms. Yeah, and we got five s- different coins. Yeah, and some of those platforms like stopped us sending it to other platforms. So much for being Wallet like decent decentralized and uh, no authorities. I know. I know. Felt like I was trying to transfer money out of a bank the amount of hoops I had to it's jump. It's crazy. Through. Anyway, so we've learned in the last week about the idea of staking. We've essentially staked our coins into Klima and we're making a return on those coins. Yeah, if only we could show you. We might put a screenshot. Well, I mean, of- we can we can talk about how we did it. We had to buy one coin on a on an exchange, so your independent reserve or a SwiftX or anything like that. And that was what was it? Matic Polygon. Polygon. Yeah, never heard of it before. And then we had to send that to a MetaMask wallet, 
and then we had to plug that into Sushi Swap and <laughs> I can't remember this and transfer it to Klima. Klima. And then we had to transfer. We had yeah. to transfer that back to our MetaMask wallet. No, or, then Klima sat in MetaMask. Okay, and then we had to transfer the Klima to. No, then we had to go to the Klima website, website and stake it. You transfer it onto the Klima website. Okay. Yeah, then you stake yeah. it. Yeah, then you sit back and relax. Yeah. So <laughs> that whole process was a real learning experience for us, and I think that's the main thing. Yeah, like we're yeah. going to keep dabbling and try and figure it out because the technology is really interesting. Yeah. But if you were lost. In that explanation, trust us, we were lost in the fi- in in the doing as well. Crazy. So we'll um we'll try and keep everyone posted. And obviously, it's not a buy hold or no, sell no, recommendation. No, 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 no. Anything we talk about in this space is us figuring this is it about out. Our learning journey and we're currently trying to learn and get uh, our heads around what's going on. But on the crypto theme, Ren. Uh, look, one of the most renowned stadiums in Los Angeles. Uh, it's the home to the LA Lakers has gone through a name change. Yeah, people probably saw this news story that uh, the Staples Centre where the Lakers play, the LA Kings play uh, in the ice hockey, uh, is being renamed Crypto.com Stadium. Mm. Crypto.com Arena, I think, is the official. Uh, Okay, okay. Yeah, you're right. It was the Staples Centre from 1999 when it was first built. Yeah. And they took out a long-term lease and... uh, it's a $700 million deal to crypto.com. 20 years, is that 20 right? 20-year deal. I read that? Yeah, yeah, 20-year yeah. deal um, to rename the stadium crypto.com uh, arena. Crypto.com, for those who are unaware, is I think the 10th largest exchange. Just It's a Singapore-based company. Yeah. Uh, massive marketing play from them. Uh, the, the, the company that owns crypto.com arena said that they have done this because they felt that Staples – was now a bit of out of touch with their with the way that they want the stadium to be perceived and the new target market and all this sort of jazz. So I think they bought they actually bought out the rights of Staples so that crypto.com could come in, but you have other thoughts on this. No, I don't I mean I have thoughts. Um and the key thing like instantly when I heard this, the first thing that I thought about was it is an exact echo of the peak of the tech bubble. So let me ask you some stadium names and you tell me if you've ever heard of them. Network Associates Stadium. No. CMGI Stadium. No. PSI Net Stadium. No. Have you heard of any of the companies that underlie... that? No. Yeah, because what happened in 1999 and early 2000 is a bunch of tech companies that had really expensive share prices and big balance sheets as a result went on a stadium sponsoring blitz. And then within like a year or two, they were all bankrupt. <laughs> and the the biggest echo is, so the Baltimore Ravens, the NFL team, um, they uh, signed a 20-year, well, their stadium signed a 20-year deal, PSI Net Stadium, 20-year deal. The stadium came down 2002. Cat, so, like they bulldozed it? No, no, no. They took the sign down. Right. It's now called M&T Bank Stadium. Banks. A lot, Banks, lot, a lot safer. safer. <laughs> History may not repeat, but it rhymes. And in this instance, it is, it is rhyming. <laughs> 20 years, uh, it just feels peak bubble. Yeah, you are very feeling peak bubble at the moment across I am. a lot of things. I am. Yeah, I'm nervous. <laughs> but I'm, I'm all- not so peak bubble with the crypto space. I don't think. I think they just have so much cash. Like but that's exactly <laughs> what you could have said about the unprofitable yeah. tech companies. Yeah, yeah. But they're they're prof- profitable. 
Crypto.com. These guys, yeah. Well, so here's the interesting thing about Crypto.com. They have a coin. They have a token. So it's a, what, $700 million 20-year deal. Yeah. I think the market cap of their token went from like $9 billion to $18 billion because of that deal. Wow. Because of the press and PR around that deal. Wow. So in theory, it's a 20-year $700 million commitment and then they and they've just created $9 billion worth of value. value. Yeah. Obviously, they don't own all their coins, yeah. uh, but still, it's an interesting Smart one. Smart play. Yeah. <laughs> but everything feels good when the rising tide is lifting all boats. Uh, it feels like everyone has a lot of money. But if all of these coins start tanking, then it won't feel like they've got a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, are your, what were your thoughts around uh, when Marvel renamed um, Telstra, the Telstra Dome down in peak streaming? Peak <laughs> Peak bubble, peak bubble in the Marvel super cinematic universe, and what's happened since then? The movies have turned to shit. Movies aren't as good. <laughs> My Marvel obsessed housemate came home from seeing the most recent one and said it was the worst one he'd ever seen. So for me, it's like obviously it might not be peak bubble, but be aware that this was a key a key indicator of peak bubble. These these businesses doing big splashy mm. things mm. with their balance sheet. That leads me to how I'm approaching this time. And before we do that, let's just take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Sure. All right, so Ren, how are you approaching this time? You're a bit of, you're in a bit of bubble mania, bubble <laughs> fog at the moment. <laughs> so I think there's so much really exciting technology being developed at the moment and the commercial models around it are being figured out. It feels very similar to 2000 where a lot of the – theses were right at the time it was just too early uh if you've read the hard thing about hard things um by ben horowitz he was the ceo of a cloud computing company in like 2001 which cloud computing 20 years later is industry standard and huge but it was just like 15 years too early and the company it got acquired but you know it didn't live up to its potential i look at the world today web3 nfts blockchain, dApps, all of that and and think we're in a similar moment. The promise and the potential of it is so much but uh, with that comes that bubble mania. And there's this mental model that we've spoken about on the show before but I want to talk about again because I think it's a really useful one when thinking about a time like this. Um, It was introduced in a book, uh, Technological Revolutions in Financial Capital by Carlota Perez and it talks about it looks at bubbles throughout history or technological revolutions throughout history and how financial markets react. And it normally moves in two phases. The first phase is there's a new technology. It's super exciting. Financial capital flows into the area because there's all this promise. All these new co- companies are started and there's a lot of euphoria in the market and it leads to a bubble. That bubble bursts and then we get to the deployment phase after that where the real companies emerge and the real business models are established. And that you, you know, like we all know that that happened with tech. 2000 was the bubble bursting and then out of that came those real business models in the Apple, the Amazon, all of that stuff. But it, you know, in this book, it's the same with a bunch of bubbles throughout history. Like if you look back at when cars were first invented, it wasn't just General Motors and Ford that were established there was similarly a whole bunch of car makers that were created a whole bunch of financial capital flooded into the space there was a bubble it burst and those long-term businesses emerged out of it 
And for me, that mental model makes a lot of sense here. There are some brilliant companies being created today. The question is which ones of those, which are the pets.com of this era? And you're talking specifically about crypto. Yeah, crypto, Web3, like everything that's basically been enabled by blockchain, I think. I think that the underlying technology is blockchain and more and more it seems like it's the Ethereum general blockchain and other general blockchains. And then everything that is getting built on top of that, Web3, dApps, all that stuff, NFTs, all of that. Part of me gets excited that it might be a bubble because if the bubble bursts, that's the opportunity for investors. That's the that's the buying Amazon in 2002 opportunity. Yeah, well, I guess where do you draw the line? What's the crypto bubble of 2017? Yeah, great question. But mm. I mean, it's not like it's not like there's just one bubble. Like um, the internet, we all think about the one bubble being 1999, 2000, bursting in 2001. But there were other there were other booms and busts before that. Mm. Yeah, I feel like it's just a rolling thing. You think we're just gonna keep? No, like you go. It's like it's not like everything aligns perfectly. So like you might have all these small bubbles that are occurring within the crypto space, like the Web3 versus other crypto, what's going on in metaverse versus what's going on just in tech generally. Just You know what I mean? Like it's all kind of just a rolling. It's not like all of a sudden there's going to be this big bang, everything drops and then from there it's smooth sailing. Because I like to look at what happened to Bitcoin in 2017, massive run up. But then that gave rise to like the altcoin sort of vibe. Like it wasn't all crypt, like 2017 wasn't, it wasn't as prolific as it is now in terms of the amount of coins that are around and these DAOs and all that sort of jazz. Yeah, and yeah. So figuring out where you are in that circle, I think is specific to what you're looking at. Do you know what I mean? I know, I know what you mean, but I think that might just be because we haven't, haven't had it yet. Like I think if we put ourselves back in like 97, 98, we probably would have felt the same thing. Like, oh different parts of the tech ecosystem are up or down and you know nothing's ever linear but then you get hit by the big one and then you know that it, that that's the big one i guess so yeah probably the same in like residential in like the housing market that leading never up happen. leading up no no, no in, in the u.s you know like some parts of the market probably went early you know like florida was probably more over leveraged than other parts and then it all collapsed in like the end of 2007 I feel like we have just lived this life as investors where we haven't really had been hit by a big one. Yeah, I, I think that model doesn't really apply to the stock market right now though, right? Like you're talking about the adoption of the technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like if there's one thing to do at a time like this is read that book. Yeah. And also learn to code in Ethereum coding <laughs> language. But yeah, for me, that's a really useful mental model that I think it's worth people understanding. Yeah. Yeah. So that is Carlotta Perez for anyone who wants to do a bit more research on that. Go and check it out. We will include, I think it's on our book resources page on our website. If it's not, we'll make sure that we get that uploaded so you can go and um, so you can go and buy that. But let's close out, Ren. Um, we can't go too long without speaking about SPACs and there's another, there's another SPAC deal that's hit the market. One that I don't think is... Yeah. Too interesting, one that you were more surprised well, at? Well, I, I made a meme about it and sent it to our work group and I was like, how crazy is this? And you were like, it's not that crazy at all. So <laughs> I figure we should talk about it because we obviously have different views on it. Although in chatting before we went live, maybe you've convinced me that it's not that crazy. Well, uh, put some context to it all. Manscaped have revealed that they are going to be uh, going public through a SPAC uh, for those that are unaware of Manscaped, it's a business that is prolific in marketing 
if you're, they, if you're not aware about of Manscape, you're not listening to enough podcasts. American podcasts, particularly, <laughs> yes. They're a company that specialize in men's grooming, particularly focusing on the pubic region. And they are going public. They are via That's a it. SPAC. Via, via a SPAC. Yeah. They are making money. They're pumping out about $250 million in revenue at the moment. Yeah, that blows my mind. Yeah. Uh, so a few things blow my mind. Uh, first of all, they were founded in 2016. Yeah, it's been an incredible and, growth story. Yeah. yeah. Secondly, they specialize in shaving one part of your body. Yeah. But like it just it feels so niche. It feels niche. But I, yeah. yeah. But then the amount that they're doing $285 million in revenue – that's impressive. Two eighty-five million in revenue, and they expect that to hit five hundred million by two thousand and twenty-four. So doubling that over the next couple of years, I feel like it's not surprising. It's big money for what they do, but they just are. The, it's a marketing machine. Do you remember ten years ago when people would speak about startups that were unicorns, and it was like Airbnb and Uber were the unicorns, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, these startups are worth a billion dollars." Yeah. Now we have. Uh, below the belt grooming startups that are worth a billion dollars. Yeah, times have changed. I, times have changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. It's going. It's hitting it. At, they're trying to get a billion dollar valuation. So no, they they have a billion. Oh, they dollar. got it. Yeah, the, yeah, right. The, this deal values them at a bill. There you go. Billion dollar valuation. Yeah, look, that's that's the environment we're for in. Me, at the for me, I would think of Manscaped, and I would say maybe like a Phillips or like one of those big. All body razor companies, a Gillette maybe says this is a product extension, they build a good brand, let's acquire them. I just think about the opportunity of buying Alphabet or buying Manscaped on the market and I'm just like, what's the growth What's the growth? Yeah, story? it's certainly yeah. not a, um, a company. How many, like I know you are really are a big Manscaper and you've got like your <laughs> creams and your gels and your different <laughs> razors but like – no way. Oh, I don't know. It's just... Yeah, look, there's a, a t- big tailwind here for Manscaped. The The male grooming sector is definitely growing and it's becoming more and more acceptable for males to groom, not just down below but everywhere and there's products galore. But, yeah, I'm not buying it. But you you have a Manscaped razor. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, you do. You no, told me off mic. No, you told me no, for no, it. No, <laughs> no Manscaped razor. We did try and do – they did reach out to do some advertising, but we said no deal. I'd love to know how should much have done these... a, Should have done the Jay-Z Beyonce deal. You know, you know how they did Take equity. Uh, They did for Uber and they got equity? Yeah, yeah. You should have done it with Manscaped. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I know that they do take uh, – do spend a lot on marketing. I'd love to know how much they do spend. But, yeah. SPAC deals continue, um, just an interesting one that's uh, come across our desk. It honestly is really impressive execution. Like I, I don't really know the founding team. Uh, I think I've seen the CEO's name, but that's I haven't looked into them at all. But if you think about the amount of founding teams out there and the amount of teams that could have got man, like a Manscaped razor to a billion-dollar valuation in four and a half years and to an IPO virus back... That is truly impressive execution. Marketing, yeah. Like forget Stripe or PayPal or Airbnb, these businesses that are just like truly great products. This is a this is an execution story. Well, they hit up every single influencer and podcaster and anyone who has an audience and just went ham on them. Yeah. Yeah, and just and and just the way they even engaged with us around 
links and tags and, you know, this is what you need to do and all of that jazz. Like it was a machine, yeah. a machine. Yeah. And they were pretty, I, I would say, ruthless on how they how they wanted their advertising to be executed. Mm. So, but that's the thing at the end of the day, like it's the same with funds management, all these things. Like you can have the best product, but if you can't market it and you can't talk to consumers and sell the dream, get it in front of them, be aspirational. That's just what it's all about. Yeah. Now, here's the question though. Like what's the future for Manscaped? Like product adjacencies, like Womenscaped, Fe- I guess. Female. Yeah, yeah, but it's like or they go to big, they go big and they go they go to Ch- the face. They go chest. Yeah, ch- chest, not bad. <laughs> they keep inventing new... Yeah, yeah, that's not bad actually. Chest isn't bad. I don't know. Back? Backscaped? Backscaped. <laughs> it is what it is. We'll uh, see how it plays out. I have no idea. No idea. But um, it's pretty fascinating that they've got this far. But anyway, Ren, that does bring us to the end of our episode today. A reminder, uh, please submit your nominations for the Equity Mates Awards. Stay tuned because we've got a, a massive summer series coming up later in December. We're really getting towards the tail end of the year. We've got some big episodes coming over the next few months. We've got the uh, CEO, sorry, the chairman of the Swans, Andrew Pridham, coming up. We've got an awesome episode coming up this Thursday with Eleanor Swanson from Fire Trail, all about the Sewn Hearts and Minds Conference and a couple of stocks that are on her watch list in the biotech space. So really enjoyed that. Don't forget to buy your tickets for the Sewn Hearts and Minds Conference that is this Friday. Charlie Munger will be speaking at 11am. Uh, not often you get the chance to see him uh, talking. And then we're, uh, we're up to bold predictions and stock of the year wrap up and we'll have Andrew Brown back to wrap up 2021. So only a few weeks left of content before we hit our deep dives on um, specific stocks over the summer, which we cannot wait for. We've got some amazing CEOs. Plenty going on across the network as well. The CBE boys are closing out the year with the big headlines and uh, you're in good company and uh, get started investing uh, doing an amazing job as well uh, and don't forget talk money to me and crypto curious plenty going on in the equity mates media network so we'll leave it there uh, and ren we'll pick it up next week well if oh. people if people lasted through all of bryce's housekeeping at the end at the end of the episode <laughs> there i've got a little easter egg for them uh just been looking at some of manscapes capital raising so they've raised 23 million in equity funding to get to where they are wow which for me one is impressive that they've turned that into a quarter of a billion dollars in revenue Two, who's investing venture capital into a blow the belt grooming startup. Then I had a look at who has um, Channing Tatum is a oh, big that's name right, that's being thrown around. Yeah. Also Mark Cuban invested half a million He's dollars. He's everywhere. Into, yeah. I guess if you've got a billion dollars, you got to do something with it. Yeah. But yeah, two funding round raised $23 million. You know, the model that they've tried to replicate here is the dollar shave club. I reckon. Slightly different model, but they've but, just gone execute, business, bang. But let's the thing go. is, well, and maybe we should have looked at the Manscaped business model, but, you know, like I just shave my own head and I just go to like um, shave a shop and buy a razor yeah, and shave yeah. it. There's no like the beauty ongoing. of the dollar, dollar Shave Club was there was a subscription yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was ongoing subscription revenue. Like I'm not paying um, the shaver shop a monthly subscription for like anything. I just yeah. pay them once and I'm done. Yeah. I would assume the business model is the same here. Yeah, true. Again, assume we should have looked, but we should have. Anyway, twenty three anyway, million dollars into a billion dollar company. Well done. Well done. We'll, we'll see it. how it goes. We'll leave it there. <laughs> Equity Mates Investing Podcast is a product of Equity Mates Media. 
All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Meets Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast or video. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equity Mates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW.